You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Sorry to disappoint. We are once again doing another episode on Embed, talking directly to my laptop. Uh, before you get concerned, uh, everything is fine. I'm just dealing with a really bad case of allergies and post-nasal drip. This morning... Uh, after uh, a week that I'll, I'll go ahead and describe it a bit, um, but um, this morning I went to the chiropractor, do an adjustment, and also work on some uh, stuff I've been trying to take care of in the back of neck, uh, and then after that I went to urgent care, and I got tested for all the stuff because I was afraid I was sick, and just turned out that apparently Wisconsin, fun fact, fun Wisconsin fact, apparently... Wisconsin has the highest airborne mold count in the country. So if you're somebody who already suffers from really bad seasonal allergies, uh, you're, you're going to die here, basically. You're, you're going to die here. So I usually don't feel allergies as bad. But, oh, I am, I am struggling. I am, I am having a day. So I went to the chiropractor and I went to... Uh, to, to go get checked. I got a strep rapid test. And I didn't show any COVID symptoms, so I didn't need to deal with that. But uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was it was one of those days. I came home, um, and then I was trying to get some stuff done, and everything around me just getting canceled. One guest canceled, two guests canceled, and I'm I'm trying to deal with this. And then I took like a two-hour nap in in the middle of the day. Now, luckily, I, I was uh, I was able to make myself dinner. But, um, you know, this, uh, this past month has been, uh, a fucking, like, topsy-turvy series of 
traveling, as you've known, uh, since the beginning of August. And uh, now I'm back. I've been back for a full week, and I will not be traveling again, I think, for another month. I may or may not be going to Detroit in in October uh, to visit some family, but I'm definitely going back to Virginia in, uh, in, in November for Thanksgiving with my family. So th- this week, I wanted to really just kind of get solidified with everything. And something I kind of want to talk about today is is the idea of rites of passage, of crucibles, so to speak. Um, a, a rite of passage is what takes you from, you know, essentially boyhood to manhood, or takes you from somebody who is on the outside of something and brings you into something. And then the crucible is the big test of the big gauntlet of of something that you have to pass in order to complete that rite of passage. And, um, you know, I am, I am 26. I've accomplished a lot in my life. I'm very proud of a lot of my accomplishments. I've gone through a a couple different rites of passages, but it it got to the point where like in my mid to late twenties now, um, where a lot of that stuff feels, feels very distant. And my, my life is different now. I, I say that with every episode of On the Run. If, you, if you're curious as to why, I mean, just go back to listen to any episode. You understand that the, the On the Run mentality is, uh, is something not unique to me. It's unique to all of you. But really, the show has been, chronolog- has been chronicling me trying to uh, move through different stages of my life. But, uh, but this week, I, I went ahead and I embarked on a journey that uh, I'm still getting very, very started in and it's, uh, it's, it's rough. So when, uh, when I tell you about this, maybe you'll feel a little bit bad for me if you're just thinking, oh, he's just a bitch when it comes to allergies. Uh, this week I went ahead and for the first time in almost seven, 11, 12, the first time in 12 years, I strapped on a martial arts gi and a white belt and I began training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm 26 now. You know, weight's always been a problem for me since I uh, left the Army. And, uh, you know, with, with car accidents, with, with injuries and stuff, and with life, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the peak prime that I was when, when I was in the military. But, you know, I was at a point now where life is life is good, life is comfortable. There are still challenges I'm dealing with. There are still things I'm trying to accomplish. But it got to the point where I, I was just really unhappy with, uh, with a lot of things. I've been dealing with a lot of stress uh, personally and professionally. And it, it got to the point where I realized that the things that were outlets for me outside of just my 9 to 5 were still all work-related. It seemed like I couldn't do anything without trying to flip it in a way to make content or to make money. And in, in, in a weird way, I'm kind of doing that today by talking about uh, jiu-jitsu. But really, like, for, for this, I, I wanted to accomplish a couple of things. One, I want to get back in shape. Uh, when and, and a lot of people who are in the military, except the Air Force, uh, deal with this. It's when you have been trained and you've got to the point where you're in a very, uh, you know, hyper masculine, hyper volatile environment when you're in great shape. And when you leave, 
uh, that edge that you think you have, especially in dangerous situations and combat situations, uh, whether you served in combat or not. Let's call it that badassery. That badassery sometimes um, goes away. And I, I was getting to a point where, you know, the, the days are really starting to add up between when I left the military and where I am now and that edge in which I'm able to defend myself in potentially violent situations. I didn't have it. And over the past year and a half uh, during the events of 2020 and everything, there were there were actually a lot of very scary situations. I don't I don't feel comfortable talking about some of them, but I mean I just remember one example. I was uh, I was driving over the Wilson Bridge in in July August, and I do remember looking outside my passenger window and seeing smoke coming up from DC. It was a, it was a dangerous year for sure. And, uh, you know, in those moments, it's like if something happens, can I defend myself? Can I protect my friends, my family, my loved ones, innocent people? And, uh, you know, at one point in my life, I could say, you know, I, I, I could kick a lot of ass. Um, but, you know, now it's it's not the same. So my thing for me was like I want that confidence back physically, spiritually, and mentally. And I've wanted to do jiu-jitsu for a while. Um but I, you know, with, with the pandemic and everything, you, you couldn't sign up for a school. I mean, you really couldn't sign up for any martial arts for a while. So now since I had really no excuse, since I do have time, time does exist, and I, I've got more of the resources and space to commit to, I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So I joined the local school, and I signed up, and I had my first class at you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is different. I actually did martial arts with my brother. We actually did competitive taekwondo as as uh, kids and teenagers. And my brother is a first-degree black belt in taekwondo. I got up to brown belt. Um, I stopped because of the taekwondo school that we were going to in Virginia. I just fell really out of love with it. It was It was like a bad situation where you had this little Asian guy who would pretend to be Mr. Miyagi in his marketing, but he was really like a Cobra Kai sweep the leg type of motherfucker. And, uh, you know, he had this little cadre of bullies and I was like, it's bad enough dealing with this at school. I don't want to pay this dude to fucking treat me like shit. So I quit that around 15, 16. And, uh, my, my brother stayed enough to, to get his black belt, which he, he really did earn. It was, it, it was a fucking slog of a test. I think it was a two day test, but, um, you know, for, for me to have gone through all of that, and I, I won medals and stuff like that and weapons and forms and sparring at multiple tournaments, actually, no, many tournaments, a couple in-house tournaments, and a couple statewide tournaments in Texas to, to have had the memory of that. It's now starting from the beginning of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a white belt. Uh, especially at my age, uh, you know, my current physical conditioning, like, or lack thereof, um, you know, it was definitely one of those moments where I felt out of place in the room. But the, but the interesting thing about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is that a lot of people are getting into it now. And, um, you know, I, I found that it, for the adult classes, it ranges from people in their late teens to their 50s all different types of, uh, you know, physical shape. And, you know, for, for the most part, a lot of people are white belts. I, well, I didn't know about Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the way that they kind of do it. One, there's no testing. So it's not like uh, other martial arts, karate, 
Taekwondo where you have testing and, you know, within a couple of years you could make black belt. I mean, you've got like seven-year-old black belts for crying out loud in Taekwondo. Uh, with this one, uh, it could take up to 10 years to get a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think the Jiu-Jitsu community is one of the few meritocracies in martial arts that are still around. So, you know, I, I didn't realize, I reached out to Jason Stapleton from Wealth, Power, and Influence because I know that he, he does jujitsu, and I was just like, hey, Jason, like, I remember Jason's a, a former Marsoc, dude, Blackwater mofo. Like, you don't fuck with Jason, but, you know, I asked Jason, I'd say, hey, what, what's your advice for somebody just starting out with jujitsu? And he was like, you just got to go and keep doing it, man. And as a five-year white belt, what I can tell you is it's, you know, consistency is key. And you might hear that. You might think five-year white belt. I know seven-year-olds are black belts. Well, jiu-jitsu has a different system. One, they don't have testing. Uh, belts are belts and promotions, strike promotions are given um, at the instructor's discretion at the end of class. So if you have, in the instructor's eyes, earned the privilege of going on to the next rank, they will just do an on-the-spot promotion. Uh, secondly, there's way less belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for adults. It's white belt, uh, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, and black belt. Uh, Joe Rogan was a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for eight years. Eight years. Now, if Jason, I mean, remember with Jason, he moved around a lot. He does a lot of shit. He probably didn't go as often to his Jiu-Jitsu gym. So for, for a five-year black belt... Somebody who's going, let's say, at least once a week, and that's pretty consistent. But what I've seen from just the the couple, the one class I observed and the the one class I've done so far, and the other people I've started talking to is like jujitsu is not like a a belt ranking oriented system. It's a it's really a lifestyle uh, change. And you know, uh, go go back to that first class where I felt kind of out of place. I did feel a little bit welcomed with that. But uh, my God, like I got my ass kicked, uh, like with with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, they don't separate you by like belt rank or anything like that. Like they they say you know match if your belt, so that way you're dealing with somebody with your same knowledge level. But for the most part, like the first class I went to was an adult gi session. It's where you're wearing the actual like martial arts gi. You know people call it the pajamas. That's the most traditional way to learn uh, Jiu Jitsu. And I was getting my ass kicked. I didn't realize that uh, this martial art, you just jump straight balls deep into it. I mean, I had I had teenagers uh, fucking like rolling me and like choking me out with my uniform and putting me in arm bars. And I knew nothing. That entire class, I learned one move and I learned how to do that one move very well. But uh, by the end of it, like I, I almost blacked out my fucking car. It was fucking rough, but I I love it. And uh, tomorrow, God willing, I'm, you know, my throat doesn't feel like I'm swallowing glass. I'm going to go to uh, two sessions back to back because now I just want to, you know, I, I, I've really found something that just feels like it's for me. And the one thing that my that one of my instructors brought up is like, you know, jujitsu is a journey. Like it's a long journey, too, if you really want to get good at it. You know, I told him, you know, I, I want to make friends. I want to regain that confidence. I want to lose weight and become healthy and everything. And he just looked at me. He's like, listen, man, there are plenty of schools in the Milwaukee area learn jujitsu. Uh, you know, I can't promise like what some people do where it's like, you know, we're going to solve all your life's problems. Here's the two things I can promise you. One, it's a good group of guys. And we like to have fun. 
And two, you're going to be really good at jujitsu. If you want those two things, you've got them here. And I was just like, let's fucking sign up. So, well, shit, and I'm getting ready to go. And I did the first class, and you know, I got my ass kicked. Now I'm just waiting uh, for the for the next round of classes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he did also mention like this is a journey. It's not like other martial arts. And um, you know, th- this idea of being at this stage of my life, where a lot of people are are either in something because they've been in it for a while. Or because, uh, you know, they, they just kind of left something and now they're just really focusing on their jobs and stuff like that. I, what I've noticed about millennials is it's not very common to start things from scratch after, like, you know, the, the, around the time you're hitting 30. A lot of them, I call them, they just go in, like, boomer millennial mode. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you know, all the rites of passage have either been completed or you've already gone past them. And, and for me, I can think of it. The first big one was in Cub Scouts. I got my heavy shoulder and my arrow of light. Uh, quit, quit Boy Scouts, as I talked about with uh, Caleb Franz a few months ago in our Boy Scout episode to do Civil Air Patrol. I uh, got my Blue Beret through Civil Air Patrol, got my uh, Mitchell Cadet Award. Uh, through Civil Air Patrol, and then I joined the Army. Uh, I, I went through BASIC. I went through um, the intensive training cycle at Marion Military Institute to become a member of the Corps of Cadets. And then later on, you know, I got my commission. And really, like, after that, I can't really tell you anything major. Th- those periods where you're where you're at the same, like, ground level as everyone else, and you have to go through really difficult experiences that are going to test you at every level. It kind of just ended after that. And, uh, you know, I I was happy to finally be like a functioning adult, taxpaying member of society and shit. But it, it just it felt for, for me like things were starting to wrap up. And there were other things that I kind of wanted to do. Because I still felt like that development, because I still felt like that sense of wanting a community was still there. I think that's why I fell so hard in politics. Uh, politics is not a meritocracy. Uh, there is no real rite of passage rather than like going through one campaign cycle. Uh, it's it's not the same. There really is uh, no camaraderie among thieves for the most part. But um, you know, I even thought about joining the Freemasons at one point. Uh, but I mean, you know, this idea of going through something again, that is really just for me. Like, no one else, no, none of my friends, none of my family are going to see me during class. I don't really think anyone gives a shit how well I'm doing at that. But uh, that doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Because I'm doing this for myself. And it's it's something where it's like I'm benefiting in many ways. And I'm seeking genuine joy from it. And it's another trial. It's another thing and what i've i've been told from folks who have been doing this for a while is the only way to test yourself the only way to get better is to get time rolling on the mat it's the show up whether you get your ass kicked or whether you're kicking ass what matters is that you showed up and you're putting in the work for it and uh you know the idea of going through this again is uh is one of those things that's definitely intimidating but i'm incredibly happy to do it and I think a lot of people are, are afraid to do these things. And I've, I've met some people so far who I, I told them, it's like, yeah, you know, I started doing jiu-jitsu. And they're like, oh, you know, I thought of doing that or, or karate or boxing or anything, but I just don't know. And they come up with all these excuses. And honestly, it's like, listen, guys, I'm, I'm 26 now. I'm turning 27 in a couple months. 
I'm already considered old by most teenagers. I was grabbing dinner with my family in Florida. This dude who's 16 uh, who was eating with my family. I guess somebody was taking care of him. Nice kid. He called me sir. And I started really thinking about this. I'm like, this kid was born in like 2005. Like he wasn't even alive during 9-11. Like he's barely a person. But you see, because he was younger than everyone else around me, uh, I, you know, I felt a little bit more camaraderie of him in a sense, but then I realized, like, I am old to this kid. Like, I am fucking ancient. Like, I am I am no different than the boomers and everyone else. And, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to feel that now. Uh, you know, I, I'm starting to really feel that. Uh, I, I'm in this awkward stage between still being seen as really young and now being seen as older. And uh, it's it's a little freaky in a way. And to be here and to not be an athlete uh, starting at white belt, getting my ass kicked by you know people who did not have three quarters of a million dollars spent on them to make them a killing machine for years. Uh, it, it's definitely humbling, which is another thing I like about it. I think a lot of people are afraid of, of feeling humble or afraid of being the one that looks dumb or the one that gets their ass kicked because what they want to do is they don't want to go through the struggle of being a badass. They just want people to think they're that way. They're going to wear their, you know, uh, their, their tactical shorts and everything about them is going to be tactical. They're going to wear their, their, their moto t-shirts and all the other shit. They're going to talk a big game about things that they don't really know or do because it's an act. And I see it all the time. I see it with people I went to high school with, went to college with. It's like they're, they're, it's, it's an act. And as we know on this show, the on the run mentality is about actually going on these excursions, these odysseys, these explorations into yourself by going out there and putting yourself into areas where you're going to be uncomfortable, where you're going to be afraid. And what I'm telling you is if you've ever thought about doing, you know, like combat sports, for example, or for, I don't know, join a curling league or something, if I could do it at this point in my life uh, where I'm just getting injured constantly, I can tell you that you really don't have an excuse either. So if you were hoping to hear me say I quit already after one class, uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I'm, I'm still going through it and I'm having a blast in the process. But, uh, you know, going back to this idea of crucibles of things like that, like I have people like there's been this big discussion on Twitter amongst libertarians, uh, you know, the, the most useless people in America, really. And it's been, you know, should we focus on, you know, building our own influence as individuals or work on messaging? You know, should we be uh, nihilistic or should we look for solutions and everything else? And I don't have an answer for you. I just do what works for me. Last week, uh, many of you had issues of the episode that came out where I was basically like, I don't think things are getting better, guys. And you really need to start, uh, you know, getting your shit together. I still stand by everything I said. But, but here's also a thing. Like, I'm not nihilistic. I'm just realistic about things. There are periods where things are really good and there are periods where things are really bad. And right now, we're at the bad stage. Uh, Jocko Willink, uh, former Navy SEAL, said in his book, Extreme Ownership, the thing about combat is that it's just life amplified and intensified. And, you know, being in the political sphere and everything, like, I've done it all. I've worked on numerous campaigns. I worked in the media. I worked in big tech. I did all that shit. So that this idea that a bunch of these people are now coming out telling me how they're going to change the world 
it's like you know if I had to you know I uh, I was telling a friend this he he reached out he he had uh, he he had some you know uh, honest criticisms and you know just some comments and you know I I appreciate it I like having a conversation it was a good conversation. But, you know, my, my thing about potentially like leaving the United States one day is like I've got I've got the ability to do it. A lot of people don't. And in terms of like, you know, escape plans, like what if I had to leave someplace overnight? What if I had to restart? What if everything about me got completely wrecked? I had to build up from scratch. Like those aren't hypotheticals. Like I had five plans I planned about four years ago when I really started – no, five – six years ago. Six years ago when I really started getting involved in the political world and everything. And I was like, if I had to restart my life, how would I do so? And I can already tell you, plans one and two have already been done. I'm on plan three right now. I'm on plan three. So I'll, I'll play in the realm of possibility. Uh, I, I play in the realm of what of what could happen and how I'm going to actually go for that. And because I have you know control over my income, because I have you know my foot in so many different things, because I have actually put in you know the quote mat time, in the areas that I talk about, uh, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where I, yeah, my, my opinion does matter more than most people. Uh, you know, it's like I, I've gone shows where other people are talking about like foreign policy and how the military works and everything. It's like, who the fuck are you? You've, you? you never served. You never did that shit. I've got people telling me how, you know, how, how we need to engage in the culture to spread liberty. It's like, motherfucker, I've done solo documentaries i've sponsored comic books i've sponsored uh and produced and directed freaking ghost hunting shows i freaking do a comic book podcast like if you want to talk about libertarians engaging in the culture that's not being like you know an explicit like liberty project it's just something to get us out there so when people learn to like us and trust us they want to learn more about us they're more open to these things we talk about i've fucking done it man i've got the awards to prove it too and the messages and the letters and the texts and the emails and all that stuff like i've i've fucking done it i've written two books like i'm not trying to pat myself on the back right now as i'm laying in my bed drowning in my own snot i'm just telling you that you know like i I have gone through the crucibles and they all sucked None of them were easy. And, uh, you know, I think the, the one thing that a lot of men now should look at, especially is we're in this weird situation where the pandemic is basically over. They don't, they don't want to admit that's over, but the pandemic is done. What I liked about my school and one reason why I chose this school was because I looked at some of the other uh, jujitsu uh, gyms and academies, a few other, like I even looked at dude karate. Um, and I asked them, it's like, you know, if let's say there was another lockdown, like what would you do? Or what did you even do during the lockdown? They're like, well, you know, we took the precautions and should something happen again? We could do stuff over Zoom. And I was like, fuck you. With this school, they were like, yeah, we never closed. COVID's a fact of life, man. We need to move on. If you're afraid of COVID, you shouldn't do jujitsu. And uh, if things happen like they did last time again, we're just going to do what we did last time, which is do our thing. We got we to do jujitsu. I was like, okay, this is this is my school. <laughs> this is this is where I'm gonna be, and uh, I mean, really, what could what could be a bigger test of what you will do versus what you've done? Uh, I mean, really, like, let's let's think about it. A lot of people are talking about, you know, like leading. You know, you know, 
be a leader, following the liberty movement, which I, I don't believe the liberty movement is very real anymore. If uh, you know, if you're expecting optimism on that, like I'm, I'm, I've got like you know, ten acres in South Florida to sell you. Uh, you know, it became like, how can we bring back liberty? And people stopped thinking, how can I be better? Um, how can I make myself freer? And, you know, I saw all these people jumping on Jason Stapleton. He did a uh, debate with Dave Smith on Lines of Liberty with my good friend Mark Clare. And, uh, you know, it, it became like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's not always just about money, Jason, and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know what? Like, I get criticisms from that. People forget. What's a Liberty University? You, you talk about money or you talk about becoming wealthier or something and people think you're a bastard. And it's like, you know, life is already fucking hard, but you know what makes it harder? It makes it fucking harder when you're poor. And, uh, you know, I've I've never I've never heard a person say if they were sad because they had too many options in life. And it's like, yeah, you know, the, the you know, you have all these people who are like, oh, well, you know, money isn't everything. And it's like, yeah, but you know what, what can't go ahead and fix your church or fill a food pantry? Just good intentions. Somebody's got to have to write a check for that. Somebody's got to have to go out and get the food. Uh, you know, you talk about all these things that are just out of your control. You're like, oh, I, I, I wish we could buy more school supplies. Well, you know what can fix that? Fucking money. Money can fix things. And anyone that says that money can't fix things, uh, they, they don't have money and they don't know how to get it. And I can't really help all those people. Hopefully I've made some of you a little bit richer through some of my other episodes that have been focusing on skill acquisition and expanding your knowledge in certain areas. Uh, but I, I mean, what was really lacking is the sense of adventure, the sense of bravery, in a lot of young men. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I'm not gonna become the world's greatest jujitsu fighter. I can tell you that. I don't know if I'll get black belt, but what I do know is that this is something that makes me happy. This is something that makes me better. And this is something I'm doing genuinely for myself. And I wish other people would do that. And it doesn't even have to be this, whether it's just another hobby, whether it's you know finishing a project, whether it's going out and becoming a part of the community. Without these lifelong rites of passages, you know, I I think we tend to grow stagnant. Then we become like you know like still muddy pond water. Uh, it it gets to the point where it's just like we we become useless, and then we're just kind of drifting. And I get to the point where we're stagnant and then nothing comes from that. I, I see a lot of ads online for like these little men's camps and, and they do them for women too, where it's like people go through like Navy SEAL training in three days or something. And, uh, you know, they, they go on these long excursions into the woods and they have to do a bunch of these manly things. Churches do that a lot. It's like man camp where we're going to eat bacon and shoot guns and talk about the Lord. There's a reason why there's a resurgence of that. COVID tried to stop it, but I see it coming back right now. I, I think for a lot of people, I saw this through the military college experience, they think that they do it once and they're done. But what I've noticed is that the people who they treat it like a one-or-done thing, they always talk about it because it's important to them, because it was a true crucible, because it was a true rite of passage. Uh, but they, they don't follow up on those challenges and then they become soft and then they become, you know, uh, you know, full of melancholy and regret and they begin to make excuses for other things they didn't do because in, in the back of their mind, they did that. That's what I think is one thing that's really wrong with high schools. I, I think high school graduation should, should be, you, you finish your last class, you go home and they just send you your diploma. 
uh, because high school is not fucking hard to graduate from. I'm sorry. In the United States, yeah, we, we have a pretty high dropout rate compared to most developed nations, but like high school is not fucking hard. Uh, don't ask – I'm sorry, not, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, no Child Left Behind uh, made sure that even the dumbest amongst us can do it. That's why uh, two-thirds of all incoming high school fre- – I'm sorry, college freshmen over the last decade had to take almost a full semester of remedial classes. Hey, I'm not judging. I had to take a bunch of remedial classes too. But like, you know, it, it's at the point where it's like people treat high school like that. And, and then at one point, you know, like post-World War II, uh, college became the new rite of passage. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where now that really means nothing now. So the things that in America used to be a rite of passage, they, they're, they're meaningless now. I mean, getting, getting to drive a car used to be like that, and it's not. And, and what is it now? Like, is it married? Is it getting married? Guys, there's nothing <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to be careful of how they say well, how I say this. There, there's no, there's no, like being married. Like anyone could do it. If anyone could do it without any any real effort, it's not a rite of passage. There is no crucible involved where you're really tested, where the result is either success or failure. There really isn't. And uh, you know, I think that people are. Are craving that now. I think for our society, men really need to do that. They need to do something in their lives to to put themselves back out there and to feel that again. And you know, I've talked about a lot of things. I've talked about politics. I've talked about society. I've talked about libertarians as an example and all this other shit. But you know, at the end of the day, what what triggered all this was the fact that I wasn't happy. The fact that there was something in me that had not been fulfilled, and that I had been using work and other stuff as an excuse for a while. And it got to the point where it's like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do this. And the idea of telling myself that this one part of me that I really did like and want to pursue uh, was not going to happen, that's what was like, you know, get your ass out the door after work, go sign up, go size up the shit, go get your fucking white belt, go get attacked by this, like, teenager spider monkey motherfucker, and go get the shit done. Go get your bat time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't care how long it takes or what the... Or, or what or what the challenges are like the journey is what matters because the destination is meaningless if the journey didn't change you through the process you know I'll tell you a story what what uh one rite of passage that I failed was when I was at uh, Marion Military Institute I tried out for the Honor Guard so the the the, the rite of passage was ultimately you had to go through about two weeks of very intense training on top of all your other cadet shit. At the end of it, you had a big, uh, you know, series of tests, which was the crucible. And if you passed that, you got to get a cool beret. You got to be part of the honor guard. You got cool stuff for your uniform, but you looked badass and everything. And it made you look cool. I quit that after four days because I sat down with the dean of, of the school because he was worried about my grades at the time. And he was like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, because I feel like I have to. Because I feel like I won't be seen as equal to my peers if I don't do this. Because all my other friends were off doing cool shit. And I thought that this one would be just one of those things that I could do. It was coming at a point my time as a cadet and, and everything where, you know, like I could have easily like flunked out for many reasons. They sure have told me, it's like, you know, what is this rite of passage to prove to other people if you yourself are bringing your ba- yourself back on something, which basically, ba- what's the point of succeeding at this if you end up failing and get kicked out at the end of the semester? And uh, 
that he was right. And I quit that and I looked stupid and I felt terrible for weeks. But at the same time, it's like even by at least attempting that, I gained insight and clarity and ultimately I'm grateful I had that conversation because if I had done it, what's the point of that? all of that if it all would have been for vain, if I had failed out or something? So write a passage. Even if you fail, like if you come out of it with something, like the journey still mattered. That will benefit you in many ways. I looked back at that moment as I went through other things and you know, a lot of good came out of that moment of defeat and that break of self-confidence because I got the confidence to do many other things. I can tell you I would have never got through my greatest uh, rite of passage at Crucible, which was becoming a United States Army officer, if I had not failed at that one. Because failing through that allowed me the opportunity to reprioritize, get my shit together, and eventually go to where it mattered. That was the journey. And I think a lot of people are just afraid of it. But you know what? People forget shit. And people care less than you really think. Uh, I don't remember the names of 99% of the motherfuckers like 10 years ago who, who were shit-talking me. I really don't. Uh, but what I do know is that I'm in a better place in my life than they are for the most part. I can guarantee that. Anyway, what rites of passages are, are you looking at to get to the other side of something that you've been dreaming of? What crucibles are challenging you and forging you in that fire? Where's the combat in your life? Whether it's emotional, spiritual, physical. As men, we have an obligation. As women, we have an obligation. Prioritize yourself in this in this sense because it will impact others positively. I'm going to go to sleep. Love you all. Take care. Love getting your tweets, your messages, and everything. Always love talking to you all. Great discussions. I'll talk to you later. Bye.